thing to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com you're listening to the john dipetro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com it is wednesday it is december 28th it is the final week of 2022 and what a year it has been And folks, you know, in looking ahead, make today the day you pick up the phone, make a free consultation with our friend, our guy, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial. Why not get free consultation, see where you are finishing the year and what your goals are for next year and the the years ahead. Ameriprise Financial, they've provided advice, clients, unique goals, They have helped millions of Americans retire on their terms, when they want, where they want, doing what they want. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisor. Call today, free consultation. Maybe it's estate planning. Maybe you want to get your son or daughter on the right path to financial security. Why not have someone maybe check under the hood a little bit? Are you retired? You're thinking of going back to work. Put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for you free consultation it all starts by picking up the phone call right now in the year begin the new year on a high note 401-434-1510 offices located 400 massoyed avenue in east providence our guy tom bryan ameriprise financial again free consultation 401-434-1510 whether it's estate planning or retirement planning maybe you want to bounce something off someone when you're thinking of making a major purchase or maybe education planning whatever it may be cash flow management he can do it all and take advantage free consultation why not 401-434-1510 well again folks it is wednesday i want to mention that it is a loss make no mistake about it it is a loss that hugh clements is going to be uh, leaving the Providence Police Department. I know the chief. Uh, I've known him for quite some time. He is a terrific police officer. He's done a very good job under difficult circumstances, especially, you know, folks, the last few years, especially 2020, it was a very challenging time for anyone and everyone in law enforcement. And so, um, so Chief Clemens, you know, trying to navigate uh and also navigate you know going from the Tavares administration into the Adlors administration many times that's one of the first thing that happens is they switch police chiefs that did not happen so his staying power he was asked to stay on during the Smiley administration he's um decided to take something else I've heard some rumor of this sounds like it'd be very positive development but at the same token um he gets to leave on his own terms which unfortunately for that type of job you know it's almost like coaching when when you see a coach decide to retire or leave uh it's a nice change from how a lot of times coaches leave 
police chiefs, any police department, a lot of times when they leave, a lot of times it's because something has gone wrong and then the retirement is forced. But 2020 was definitely a, a challenging time. I, um, I have a lot of respect for Chief Clemens, the work that he has done. He is very visible in the city. And now that's a big appointment that the new incoming mayor, Mayor uh, Brett Smiley, will make. Now, folks, on this Wednesday, I want to once again point out what is uh, happening right now. This should normally be a very happy time for people that are traveling. People have, you know, the week leading into Christmas off. They have Christmas, New Year's off. They want to go somewhere special maybe for New Year's. And what's happening right now with Southwest Airlines is... uh, is really just absolutely atrocious as this is continuing with all of these flights that are canceled and these people have no people are just stuck there's no they're getting the airport there's no rent a car amtrak is a mess um it is um it is very very challenging i feel for and i know there's a lot of people they book the tickets way in advance they figure, all right, we're going to spend Christmas, and then we'll leave Christmas night. We'll leave the day after. Uh, but these problems started even before Christmas Eve, and now they're just rolling in. Now, Southwest Ear meltdown. Travel hell continues, according to the Drudge Report. Tens of thousands stranded. Now the luggage is lost. And what's happening in Buffalo is terrible. But listen to these headlines. Here we go again. USA weighs COVID measures for China travelers. Italy is going to screen arrivals. Global jitters returns. Folks, it's, there's, there's several things about this, though. And that is that we, we have the vaccine. A lot of the, uh, the other countries actually don't have the vaccine. So that's why it was even so puzzling, the Trinity rep, that they announced they were pausing the show, uh, Christmas Carol, because of COVID. The entire staff, the entire staff, at uh at trinity with their woke version of christmas carol and it has nothing to do really about gender it's more of from what i understand the people that were there were more a little more upset of the fact of of just it it was so far away from what the uh original you know the original um show was supposed to be okay uh trinity rep We'd like to update you the status of the remaining performances. As it turns out, shows scheduled for Wednesday, December 28th, have been canceled. Persistent COVID. If you purchase tickets. So once again, and as I had predicted, there were people saying, oh, no, they're coming back on the 28th. I said, I'm, I'm hearing they're not coming back. Uh, the, it is again it is canceled people and and it's amazing the people that just take them at the at their at their word all these people know they they said they're coming back they said they hoped to be back on the 23rd i don't think as i said the show was a bomb audiences didn't like it um you you also had sponsors at, at trinity were uh were embarrassed frankly by this performance if you if you haven't read about it you can log on to the website dipetro.com but going back to the situation southwest now granted you know all these other um 
airlines, you know, they're also dealing with the snow. There's definitely something wrong with Southwest that all of these flights are, in fact, being canceled. There's definitely something more to it than just, yeah, because of the snow, we're having some problems. It it doesn't make sense because, as many of you know, the planes do a lot of the same routes. So it's it's unusual that it's not as if, oh, one minute they're going, you know, to Buffalo, and then the next moment they're going L.A. to Texas. It's they they tend to fly the same type of uh, routes. So that that the only flights that should really be affected would be the flights in and around that 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 huge you know the Buffalo area. The problems really started, I think, on Thursday of last week. And then they they were um, they really started to explode uh, last Friday and then on, on Christmas Eve. Now, folks, if you um, I want to encourage you visit the website depetro.com. You can see a lot of the unique content that we have in video. And again, uh, Cranston PD Live, our seventh episode will be tomorrow night live we will in time bring it to youtube as well i recognize that everyone's on facebook but facebook remember it's free you can share as much or as little as you want but i know a number of people that have actually gone on to facebook just so they can watch uh, a lot of our live stream videos so by the way i also want to mention governor mckee remains totally below the radar this week governor mckee i mean he has been the only time it's like the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the whole element of the whether or not we're going to have six more weeks of winter. The um, the governor, he is not. He basically popped his head out of the ground. Groundhog Day. He popped his head out of the ground because of the homeless situation and the fact they were camped out at the state house. But other than that, Governor McKee has been nowhere to be found. I mean, the, as someone said to me, there's a difference between keeping a low pile profile and keeping no profile he has not been seen in the past he and his staff the staff would put out that no public events scheduled they've changed that then ted nisi of wpri said boy a lot of uh, days there doesn't seem to be anything going on now they've put oh he's working very hard behind the scenes you just don't see him he's he's working on his budget as a matter of fact so they've kind of um switched it up a little bit from that we don't see the governor to believe me he's working very very hard you just don't happen to see him that's what they've kind of pivoted into i think as i've said i think governor mckee's gonna have a very very challenging year he also has to uh fill a very high profile role at corrections the woman that's been there is leaving she's had her hands full without question with with the unions especially you know the correctional officers uh there's there's definitely something broken how much they're still costing the state in overtime i think it's 30 million dollars in overtime with some correctional officers making well over three hundred thousand. uh the correction department is got to be on the to-do list for governor mckee it's wednesday you're listening to the john DePietro show Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right. 
in the Atwood Medical Center and also 5750 Post Road East Greenwich right across from Felicia's at Med Urgent Care when you have an emergency they specialize ambulatory medicine they provide immunization school and sports physicals at AtMed Urgent Care they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to AtMed urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing AtMed urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com justin the boston globe did a uh, a couple of end of year interviews i'm willing to bet that governor mckee declined to sit down with them but <laughs> Ed Fitzpatrick and Dan McGowan, they did sit down with the, the speaker. They also sat down with the Senate president. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on several of the things he said. It's, it's so important to read where he comes down in, um, in, and whether it's, you know, the charter school. We're saying, you know, we need to maybe get an outside group involved. But I uh, and I asked Dan McGowan about it. He said his staff was like wincing when he balked at same-day voter registration. And here's the Senate president, Ruggiero, who's certainly been around saying, hey, I could get 10 buses and fill them up with people <laughs> and bring them right in and kind of, you know, a political gaffe, which is you, ac- you uh, by accident, you know, reveal the truth. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, not exit interview, but end of year, the new year beginning interview with the Senate president. Well, I, th- I thought it was interesting. In some recent years, Ruggiero has kind of surprised me by by tacking left real pretty hard. And yeah. so this interview is almost like his his coming out announcement, like, okay, that's done. We're, we're moving back right. to to my world because he he's not a progressive. In fact, he mentions no. the left as something other than himself. Uh, but what it is, and I think what's really really clear in this interview is he is an institutional guy. He sees things from the perspective of government workers. And so when they're talking about yeah. uh, the possibility the executive office of health and human services which is not all that old i think it's within the last 20 years that that office was created yeah. he says oh well, it's just it's just un- anything goes wrong in any of these departments it comes down on this person which he's so he's seeing it from that person's perspective now i i think that means get rid of that office because if one person can't handle it one government agency can't handle it and one government can't handle it it's too big of a problem to get in one place figure out but put that aside. I mean, that's that is really his perspective, and you see it in that issue. You see it with uh, his even with his perspective on on uh, the housing secretary Saul, whom he he you know, yes. took his turn with him as well. Um, but that that but I think that the 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 highlight of the interview was definitely that that line, and it wasn't just here's here's what could be busting in people he's like here's what i will do <laughs> it's yeah. like, like yeah this is don't give me this power because this is what i will do uh, and i think that's that's it's accurate i mean he he really that perspective is he he uh, it's kind of surprised his staffers winced at it you would think they'd be he'd have people on on his yeah. uh going with him who who kind of had the same general perspective but yeah that's what everybody should expect and it's 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 not a wincing moment it's a good argument for why you don't 
do something like that. But again, right. true to the the institutional mindset. So he doesn't he he doesn't think you should bring in voters to vote. But then he also pivoted and, and said it was crazy that um, that Ashley Kalis was able to come in and run, which is a very different thing. Um, that's busing in voters. That's somebody coming in and giving voters the option to choose her as a candidate. And the, the voters didn't. And you could argue a, a significant portion of that was the fact that she was so new to the state. Voters decided against that. And so there, you know, I don't know why we need to limit who voters can vote for. And that, that goes back to that institutional regerio. Right. Just wants to continue as they're going. Works out well for him as a as a former union guy and probably still in some ways a union guy. Oh, yeah. uh, but this is one thing I will say though is as much as I've railed against the inside establishment and as much damage as they've done, they're still a lot better than a wacky progressives because at yes. least they're predictable. You know what they're going to do. You can argue against them. You can you, they're they're very very powerful. But at least you around it and they they, they have a philosophy that does some things right and isn't just this crazy craziness the inhuman craziness that the progressives promote what did you uh what did you make of his comments about outgoing mayor jorge alorza i think it's also interesting how look at Ruggiero. like he was in office when he when alorza came into office and i'll still be in office as he's leaving but uh his attitude was seemingly to me was like this guy just didn't want to do anything <laughs> well it's, it's not surprising beginning i mean it's hard to believe we've been talking for so long but from the beginning it was you couldn't really tell what alorza's background was i mean what his i mean what his claim to run a city was and i think that that shows that shows i think a lot of people particularly of the younger and more progressive mindset just think you can sidle into these jobs and and do them and i think that's that's where alorza uh fell down and you know he's an old backroom player long long time it's been his entire career and so he knows how it actually works how you get things done in a place like rhode island um that's not necessarily a skill people ought to have to develop because rhode island doesn't function very well but um yeah alorza came in and and i i suspect rogerio also has a bit of a the one thing you and i even agree with alorza trying to do is to do something about the teacher's contract and providence and something about those miserable schools which is another area that rogerio would be on a complete opposite side the union person and that's just how the things operate here so the only so from his perspective you know the only thing alorza actually didn't made any progress on or, or made any noises about was an area where he disagrees with them and that's where we are we've, we've got the choice between uh people who can't run anything because they don't know how things work and people who know how almost know how things work in rhode island too well and are just abusing us from that perspective and you kind of just have to as we said with jacarchi last week is here's i make the decisions basically of the house as if they're he's the only legislator who matters which he is and so you get that you can either choose the the of the progressives who can't run anything or these people who think you know we, we're this is just how we do it and we we run everything top to bottom you know what's interesting about his uh, comments of maybe we need to and this was the senate president justin Katz saying maybe we need to bring in you know like the rhode island foundation or so forth now gina Raimondo, she one thing about the former governor she would be very quick to say it's not a question of money she would say the providence teachers were in the top 10 as far as highest paid you know, for where, for where they are, in, let alone the results certainly don't do that. But I think depending on what report you look at, sometimes they're as much as the high, fourth highest paid in the country, 
or sixth highest paid. So she was very quick to come down and say it's not money. But with Ruggiero, what he seemingly comes down to is, you know, well, if you want them, it's to them, it's still about the money. And and it's interesting. Whenever I hear someone talk about the Providence schools, if they start saying, and it's time we start paying these teachers more, Justin, that always strikes me like as if, okay, this person has no idea what they're talking about because it's not about money. And the whole – the main basis why the charter schools are successful is because they're not constrained that the union is basically running all the schools. But it is interesting that Ruggiero, he doesn't even wander into the area of charter schools. He immediately just says – gee, I guess we should need find a third party that will give them the extra money they want to do everything that they should be doing in the first place. Well, I, I read it a little bit differently. I mean, the Rhode Island, and I wrote about this on Horizon. the Rhode Island Foundation, they started, I think, in around 2012, uh, 2012 they started a, a civic action fund, or I forget what they call it, something like that. And it's it's been there I think the fastest growing line of donations. But since then, they've sort of taken on this place in Rhode Island culture where or the insider group in Rhode Island, where it's almost like uh, people like Ruggiero think, oh, they're just this this great, this well-meaning group that can really get things done in the background and it's with anonymous donors and, and so on and so forth. And who knows what they're what their real agenda is. And so it really could be, you know, you bring in a Rhode Island foundation, it really could be bringing in the labor unions because that could be who their backers right. are, who, oh, who's calling okay. the shots. You don't know. And so I think that that's just the complete wrong way to go. And I, I was somewhat relieved to, to see that Ruggiero seemed to be just, just spouting off. It doesn't sound like anybody's actually been discussing this, right. uh, idea but but i think it's it's an indication of of how far we've gone where we're just bringing bring in this other group uh that has some money and they're like the the adults in a room and the kids can no longer do the play in a political sandbox bring in the ri foundation because they're grown up so you can do things maturely and fix problems which i think is a, a crazy assumption that the charity somehow has the the wherewithal to, to do something like that but i think and i we talked about this last week with shikarchi as well i believe the 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 real or maybe it was Alorza. The real solution is you bring in yeah bring in the charters or or full school choice because that will bring in more money and that will also bring in small scale responsibility for people to yes. actually run things with individual right. schools. And I think is it, otherwise you get this thinking where as as you say is is bizarre. Well, we just need to give the Providence teachers more money. In what other area of life do you say, well, these people are failing? Maybe if I give them more money, they'll succeed. No, it right. doesn't work that Nowhere. way. <laughs> at the very least, you would say, okay, let's get rid of these people and pay more for better people. That that would be at least a plausible argument. But it's it's just insane the mentality of, of these folks. Much more ahead politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 
580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream. Build. Enjoy. Listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, which is DePietro.com. Folks, this portion of our program brought to you by Propane Plus. Propane. Do you use propane? You do? Call Propane Plus Heating and Cooling, 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, 508 252 3359. Propane Plus. They want to be your propane provider. They've been there three generations. They're available 24-7. Such an efficient operation. The family, family-run business. What a tremendous job they do. They have a very user-friendly website, and that is logonpropaneplus.com. Residential, commercial, just type in your zip code. Folks, it's Propane Plus. And remember, propane is energy for everyone. It's affordable. It's sustainable. It's equitable. It's good for the environment, lowest carbon fuel, and it's renewable. It's Propane Plus. Call them. Do you use propane? Well, give my friends a shot at Propane Plus. Call them, 401-885-4209. And in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. I want to mention the Wall Street Journal had a good editorial, and I um and I know there's several people out there that don't I'm going to say don't understand but all of this negative talk against Ukraine and why we're there um Wall Street Journal had I thought a very good piece that seemingly just it's it's as if a lot of people don't fully understand you know what we're doing there and the benefit of us being there and why it makes sense for us to to be there and in essence we haven't had you know the loss of one american life let's be very clear russia is not our ally and this in all ways is good for america it is um it's very short-sighted for different individuals that for whatever reason just um you know continue this drumbeat i see some of these posts that people are just it's just foolishness that that they're just putting out there that somehow yeah you know you're gonna buy silence it's very expensive and that's all that's that's not that's not what it is um it is the the reason we're there is the fact that as as i have been saying we have a chance we, we can't just sit back and and let China and, and Russia. Uh, Putin is evil. And if you believe that we are good, which I do, in the battle of good versus evil, how about another? Do you know how many people have, quote, fallen out of windows because they were perhaps not going along with what Putin's plan was? I mean, it's I mean, it's almost a little comical at this point. Uh, complete insanity but make no mistake about it 
Um, and that's why it, it's uh, it's discouraging to see the number of people that, to me, just don't fully comprehend why we're there, why it makes sense to be there. And in essence, it's the most cost-efficient way. Um, the fact that that in 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 that we are winning on this ukraine's victory is is our victory and that's why president Zelensky coming into washington um he he should have been it's it's it is i think it's disgraceful that certain people were trying to portray it that it's like a charity thing but the wall street journal had a good piece republicans lose the plot on ukraine russian war the benefits of helping kiev defeat putin far outweigh the cost american support for ukraine is not charity usaid is helping to degrade an enemy military without the death of a single american in uniform the question is what some republicans are thinking as they they spent thursday portraying the ukraine president as a grifter you know and kevin mccarthy well you know i don't support a blank check josh hawley skipped the speech what a joke congress spending bill includes 45 billion assistance for ukraine could put the total north of 100 billion but plenty of the cash is flowing to core american priorities almost 12 billion is replenishing u.s weapon stocks 7 billion u.s troops in europe it is important to be a good steward of taxpayer money but as they've kind of looked into it um it's it's actually has been keeping the u.s best u.s weapons out of russians hands and ukraine has been successful with that so but the costs are dwarfed by the benefits one economist wrote ukraine aid is an incredibly cost efficient effective investment burning up russia's military power for a single digit share of the pentagon's annual budget though moscow is one of america's most formidable adversaries war wars are also shop windows for defense manufacturers any country browsing a russian tank or air defense catalog is having second thoughts and will want to buy american boy you don't hear anyone mention that but the wall street journal goes on to say many of the same republicans sneering at Zelensky will claim the u.s needs to abandon ukraine to focus on china but beijing and moscow are working together to undermine the west best stop the u.s could take to deter another assault like putin is delivering to ukraine more of the best long-range weapons aircrafts missiles tanks and other tools it needs to defeat the invasion that's the bottom line and people need to remember ukraine was invaded and that's why you know i go against any of these some of the people out there that have been supportive Ukraine, russia invaded ukraine this business of that ukraine needs to now come to diplomacy with putin is is ludicrous no he needs to be defeated he needs to have his own people rise up and take him out now wall street journal also has another good editorial the blue state exodus continues and they talk about the latest census data shows california losing florida gaining again texas florida 
make up 15% of the U.S. population, but accounted for 70% of its population growth this past year. That's one of the revealing facts in the Census Bureau. Keep in mind, last year, Rhode Island ripped off the census by putting out the fraudulent numbers that they did. U.S. population grew by about 1.2 million, with foreign immigration accounting for a million of the total. Yet the Census Bureau found some states still lost population because migration to other states exceeded foreign immigration. California, 343,000. New York, almost 300,000. And Illinois, 141. Lost the most residents to other states. How about that? California, 343,000 people left California. Think about that. New York, 300,000 people left New York. And Illinois, 141. The most residents of other states. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Oregon, Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Louisiana were also big losers. Where are all these folks moving? Mostly to states with lower taxes, more affordable housing, higher standards of living. Florida drew the most newcomers, 318,000. Followed by Texas, 230,000. North Carolina, 99,000. South Carolina, 84,000 people moved to South Carolina. Tennessee, 81,000 moved to Tennessee. Georgia, 81,000 moved to Georgia. And 70,000 moved to Arizona. More people moved to West Virginia than left for the first time in a decade. Texas ranked first in overall population growth, 470,000. Followed by, how about Florida, 416,000. North Carolina, 133 population growth georgia 124 south carolina again 89 tennessee very popular state now one new trend is the migration from the pacific northwest between 2010 and 2020 washington drew washington state 371,000 newcomers from other states this past year it lost 3,500 but because of a big increase in foreign immigration it still gained population oregon gained a house seat during the re uh, a portion reapportionment owing to high levels of migration this year it lost more people on net um colorado barely gaining one possible culprit is the spiraling public disorder in such cities as seattle portland and denver most americans regardless of the, regardless of their politics don't want to live let alone raise children homeless people camp on the sidewalk and the whiff of skunkweed is impossible to escape um you know they don't mention rhode island but sheer because of the numbers if they broke it out by percentage we would definitely be up there and then they also go on to say democrat governors can't blame empty officers for their failure to recover jobs lost so a big part of this are the democrat governors think about that florida has no income tax and expansive private school choice programs it also doesn't smother business with regulation. Florida Governor DeSantis doesn't have to run ads in progressive states. It sells itself. Huge contrast between Florida and California. Yeah, Gavin Newsom rants ads in Florida urging residents, join us in California. Ridiculous. No, a lot of it is the progressive policies. And sadly, in Rhode Island, we... Um, 
we uh, dealt with those. Very, very failed. The only reason we're not mentioned is just because the uh, proportion-wise, it would be high, but it's it's uh, it's the, the the small numbers. All right, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. The Coincid Inn, 226 Coincid Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coincid Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coincid Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coincid Inn. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, I want to touch on some of the other stories. Just what are your thoughts or belief regarding, uh, you know, the Providence Journal had a piece. Questions still remain. What are the huge bulk of surplus money that's just sitting there? <laughs> but it amazes me is the thing we never discuss is what makes us think that these people through these methods of politics will make the best decisions for all this money. It's right. it really just, it starts to feel just like theft. Like, all right. Yes. Well, it's like a bunch of thieves who just knocked over a, a train with, with some rich people on it and said, Oh, we got all this money. What are we going to do with it? Uh, it's just, even, even when they're talking about, oh, we, we need to be careful. I mean, respond is we're, we're, we're going to use one-time funds for one-time purposes. Well, no, government isn't supposed to be like that. If you, government shouldn't spend money on things just because it has money. It ought to, if it, and it ought to spend money on things that it needs. So, bringing in one-time funds does not change anything. It ju- it just gives them more to play with, and it makes it impossible for people to make reasonable political judgments because everybody's being bought off with all this cash, and it's it's going to go away. You know, folks. It, Maybe not this cycle. Maybe Biden will find another way to send more and more borrowed money to Rhode Island. But it's going to go away at some point, and we need to prepare for that. And we're just not. And it's it's really, uh, it makes me worry actually. Whenever whenever they start to have these conversations, they ought to. I, my view is just flush it out, get the money to the people as a one time fund if you have to, but uh, or because you can't really lower taxes because then you'll just have to increase them the next year but it's just it's crazy that we're even having these debates as if this money just fell out of the sky and as if these nincompoops who happen to get elected in a corrupt state like rhode island actually know what to do with it you know one one thing that i noticed is a a a big difference was one thing about governor Raimondo is because she wanted to be on the national stage she was looking more seemingly what other states do and kind of borrowing that, for instance, when she did go to Chicago and there was a fundraiser for her for by uh, Christy Heffer, Hefner, excuse me, at, at the very least, she was trying to appeal to a nationwide audience or national audience, I should, should say, with with some of the things she was coming up with. Like and again, the Rhode Island promise, if anything, it's decimated Rhode Island College. But but one thing about Governor McKee, Justin Katz, is he's such a local yokel. He would seemingly have no interest in venturing. He, he actually shouldn't even be running the state. <laughs> Helena folks really should have won that. But, but as a result of that, the way they look at everything is just so parochial. And Governor McKee, he won't even hire anyone from outside the Blackstone Valley. I think he's the most parochial governor we've ever had. I mean, Don Kachiri had you know, come up from business and, 
and uh, Link Alvin before that had been U.S. attorney and say which one about Chafee. But, you know, he had been in the U.S. Senate. But McKee is um, and you see it even like the photo there at the when they were, at, I think, the White House, they were at the National Governor Association. They're all, you know, the other governors are in suits and so forth. And he's like in sweatpants with a URI, you know, jersey on, like totally <laughs> way too casual. But uh, I just think as a result of that, they don't I obviously think out of the box. He just thinks very small time. And um, with someone who's probably very content being the, the mayor of Cumberland. And now it's, you know, beyond even his wildest imagination that he's actually the, the governor of the state. I also want to get your thought on uh, the, the judge had ruled in Coventry that one of these firefighters who's now serving in the town council that that basically he can serve on the town council because it's he actually works for a fire district. I think Justin Katz, they missed the whole point that his loyalty, the whole reason he's there has nothing to do with serving the people of Coventry. It's it's all about his main job there is to protect and try to further the interests of, in fact, you know, all the firefighters. Then that that is a, a good point. I think it's one of the the biggest challenges we have in Rhode Island. Uh, I think on this on this one, the ethics commission's correct because the, dist- the fire district it literally is a different group. But what I think sure. this goes back to my bigger my biggest concern with the ethics commission, and, and it speaks to the way we do things. Just we've created this agency which it's become sort of, I mean, we, people think it's going to root out corruption and it doesn't do that. Instead, what it does is it draws boundaries and it says anything within this, these boundaries are perfectly fine, which is not how it, the lesson ought to be. The lesson ought to be, yeah, this guy is, is, on, is one of the government people. That's going to be his focus. That's what he's going to do. Whether it's in this in this particular government or the the one down the street, this is that's who he is, and that's what we ought to be debating and voting on as deciding as voters. And I mean, it became most ludicrous when when they I forgot her name, but some decade a decade or two ago, there was a, a union rep running for for a school committee seat, and the the. The ethics commission said, "Well, you know, the the union, she's in she's in a different town as a as a union rep or something like that, and so she, she and union decisions are are so broad that you can be in there and still run a school committee. That just showed you there, it, there's no they're not trying to find ethical problems. They're trying to draw lines where it's just too far, and that what that ends up doing is anything within those lines is is perfectly fine. So I think what what people ought to be doing is making the argument mirror making, which is." This he's got a special interest focus. Don't vote for that if you're not part of the special interest. Of course, right. that that gets to our, one of our bigger problems is well, last time I looked, and this was a while ago, it was something like one sixth of all people in Rhode Island were directly uh, dependent on government. So uh, the there's a pretty big voting block that the special interest is their interest. Uh, but that's that's kind of a different problem. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, I'm also just curious your thought. Boston Globe ran a big piece on what basically has been the destruction of the Providence Journal. Um, the, the Boston Globe model, which is kind of the Axios model, which is you don't, you know, you don't hire 15 to 20 reporters. You just get a small stable. You're not going to cover everything, but when you do cover something, you have, you know, experienced people. You don't have people who are transient. You don't have people that are then just looking to pad their resume and move on to the next level. It is kind of, um, it is amazing to me, the Providence Journal. I mean, you go back not that far 
long ago, Ed, Ed Acorn writing those editorials still had a lot of power. If something had a lot of impact, if something landed on the front page of the Providence Journal 2014, they basically ran a very strong crusade to prevent CNC. That I, I think that was really like the origins of it. That was uh, really where it was mostly headed was the journal editorials of just uh, what they felt was going to be destruction if he had you know, won that 2014 mayoral. But um, part of me, it, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, I, I'm just surprised at a lot of the nonsense. You know, the problem when you get some of these reporters that come in from somewhere else and i don't know whether they, they're trying to ingratiate themselves with the locals or what they think should be the local but i mean anytime i see who has the best johnny cakes and you know let's really look at who's serving the best clam cakes i it that's more like rhode island monthly type stuff like it's just total fluff i would never waste my time with any of those articles but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on uh, what has basically just been the destruction of the Providence Journal. Right. Well, Boston Globe is a unique situation because it's a nearby city that's quite a bit bigger. And so the, True. the it's the Boston Globe. And so they let's open a Rhode Island division. So it's almost like an attempt to, to edge into a new market. Uh, and so they had the freedom to to gather that small group of talented most of them well, already well-known reporters uh, and try to do something different and just, just go after the stories that matter. They're, they're the Boston Globe. They don't have to give full Rhode Island coverage. Right. They just need to get some big stories every now and then. <clears throat> but I think they, because of their position, that's kind of the direction media has to head it. Yeah. You can't have this this same thing where here's the big, every, everybody has to have every big story. No, it just, you don't need that. You've got the internet. It's not the same thing where you pay for for a newspaper and that's the one you read and so they have to have everything it doesn't work that way anymore and i think the the providence journal is very has not been able to to achieve that perhaps because i mean again not to beat beat a, a vicious still kicking horse but um they are unionized and so the the goal of a union is to have union members and so you can't at no point is it really an option to say you know what we're going to cut down to like seven top notch journalists and they're just going to they're just going to kill it with their you can't do that because the union wants members and i think that's that's been a, a big problem for the providence journal and also another big problem maybe the it, it seem it seems like it hit the providence journal particularly hard was the it became a pipeline into government and so as yeah. journalists in the providence journal kind of learned their way around Rhode Island, they were hired away. And I think Raimondo probably, she history did. will say, suggest she had a lot of, lot of blame in this because she made it a habit of, of, of hiring Providence Journal reporters. And I, and I think part of the reason you do that is because then you, you teach reporters, I'm part of your employment pipeline. Yep. So if you want to make that leap up to six figures, you better be nice to me. And I, that's, that's another thing that killed Providence Journal. It was just too much of a Rhode Island institution. And I think that it just doesn't work. And so they they run out of money. Somebody else comes in with with national focus and changes things around, and uh, and that doesn't mix well with the parochialism of Rhode Island. And then of course there's the the increasing progressivism. I mean, Ed Acorn was conserv is conservative, yeah. and he you'll see him on Twitter out there saying, "Why are journalists not supporting free speech?" I mean, he he's he's one of us. Uh, I would say pretty very clearly. And so that just is not allowed in a progressive, increasingly 
progressive place. You, you're not allowed to have people with power of any kind who disagree with the progressive idea. And so that, that killed them too. They had to bow to that. Very, very tough. So I think what you get is that takeover model from the Boston Globe who says, yeah, let's throw some, let's throw, I don't know what they're paying, but let's throw a couple hundred thousand dollars of good reporters at the, at this state and whatever stories they can catch, they catch. And we, we increase our, our edge into that, that nearby market. And they have, I mean, I think they have yeah. more impact than the journal does these days. And, and I, I also read that apparently the, the Globe is going to use this same model and open a New Hampshire branch and do the, the same type of thing. But, you know, pound for pound, when you're sitting there and you're the Senate president or the House Speaker, whoever, and you have Dan McGowan and Ed Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, I'd put those two up against any of the reporters um, in the market. And especially as we're watching the revolving doors on television, all the local TV reporters, it just seems to be more and more of a a constant uh, exodus. And Amanda Milkovitz, to her credit, she does do a good job. She has police contacts. Um, she covers that beat very strongly. So they have uh, kind of carved that over. Justin, just on a final note of the year, I think it's a story to me that a lot of people won't get. And I know it's not going to be written about, but as much as people, you know, blame the voters, and I see it a lot on social media, what's wrong with people? People keep voting the same thing. I, I just take exception to that. That's really not the case because day of voting, voters wanted Helena folks. In some ways, the voters did want to change this just, you know, this past election cycle. He did win Election Day. The polls were right. He was leading. It was those mail ballots that Magazina was able to gather together and ballot harvest to put him over the top. And McKee, if the unions didn't do that for him with to the tune of 3,000, um, people were ready for a new direction. They were ready to take a chance with Helena folks. She she won primary day and people didn't want uh, the same old with just sending in the Democrat to, to Congress. They actually wanted Alan Fung to go down there. And conversely, the same thing with Lieutenant Governor Aaron Kuki, and he did win election day. So I think as much as people wanted change and actually voted for change, it was the machine just was a step ahead and kept the Titanic on course to continue sinking. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's gotten a lot worse, but that's been a problem in Rhode Island for, for decades. It, I mean, I think it's 20 years ago, I, I was writing about maybe invoking the uh, provision in the U.S. Constitution that every state had to guarantee a representative form of government because we, we've reached the point that whatever the voters ha- want, they unless it is what the insiders want it's just they've just got it too nailed down all the way from from giving out money to legislators to buy votes through legislative grants down to the the fraud or cheating in in mail ballots and ballot harvesting uh, which you know unfortunately i think republicans have to really pick up and learn about as long as it's part of the game but uh it's just you you cannot win and we saw it nationally too in 2020 you know with with i think it was in in a time magazine with the article about how this this national cabal managed to tweak things just enough at every at every point that they get it to where it's basically guaranteed you cannot vote for change you're going to get what they're going to give you and i think that's there's been a long time coming it's been a project of uh, the progressive movement for a century anyway and i think it's we're kind of at the leading edge of it in Rhode Island, but the, pe- 
people should wake up to it. You, you can't be bought off. And it, it, it does still, I think, come down to voters. You still have to, you still have to um, think that maybe this one area where you're getting a little bit more of a benefit because your legislator gave you some cash for your organization or you're getting a little bit more through your union, that doesn't work. We're, we're going down the tubes and it's, it's got to it's gotta stop. But I, I think that's so. I guess it it does come down to voters, but it also comes down to uh, the frustrating thing for me on the conservative side is watching new people come in and they're they're so enthusiastic and they've yeah. learned all the same lessons and they think it still works like standard politics. It doesn't. You've got to get back to really just building relationships with people and and convincing them of a cultural change because that's what we need. Folks, he is the managing editor at anchorrising.com. It's Justin Katz, our segment politics this week. Justin, great job as always. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you in 23. Happy New Year, John. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 401- 305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health pop in and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland again call marie 401-305-3585 diagonally across from davenport restaurant to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, dipietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube, or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, dipetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, dipetro.com. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bedbugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests 
Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's once a month. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Residential and commercial, whether it's an office building, a school, a hotel, a restaurant, or your home. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401 739 1322.